believe analytics and sabermetrics. I believe that there's definitely a place for it in the game. I just don't believe it's in the one hole. College baseball just kicked off, you know, Friday night, uh, Division One, and, you know, everybody was 100% confident. And then, because there's no yesterday yet. Like Billy Bean's quote on my website is spring, if you knew this at 18, instead of learning that 30, people might know who you are. Because <laughs> I don't care how confident you are or how good your mechanics are. If your approach sucks, you're going to lose your confidence and your mechanics are going to break down. You know, A.J. Pollock's like my son. and Paul Goldspin on it. It's about being a better competitor than you are a player. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast. Your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast was designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we look to be the bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to give a special shout out to Surge Supplements for sponsoring the Farm System's Week 2 giveaway. Surge is in the business of elevating athletes along their strength journey. Don't forget to use discount code THEFARM, all caps, for 20% off at surgesupplements.com. We're here with Jeremy Lipke, founder of Lipke Pro. Jeremy, tell us a little bit about the Lipke Pro. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me on today, but the Lipke Pro is uh, a defensive product, and, and the name of it is a Lipke Pro Fielder. And what it is is a training tool that creates the, the muscle memory in the player for fielding ground balls, for receiving throws as in playing catch, for catchers receiving balls. But, you know, it's a, it's a defensive product that's going to make them more consistent with the angle in their hand. Uh, it's, it's a technique and a fundamental that's taught all over the country in baseball and softball. And uh, obviously the, the more you – you use it, the more consistent you're going to get with that angle. And then it's also going to help create uh, positive feedback for your body position in the fielding position. And then also your footwork action towards the ground ball. Um, so it, it's mainly a fielding device that being used for playing catch and, and receiving ball. Jeremy, I think that a lot of people have the interpretation that, that the Lipke Pro is primarily for infielders. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate on what the device can be used for as well? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when we when we first came out about 13 months ago, um, it you know, it was projected as an uh, infield product for fielding ground balls, whether it was routine, forehand, backhand, um, drills, uh, you know, as far as using it, doing drill work with your glove or without your glove. Um, but, you know, as we've gone along, the – the action in your hand for receiving balls, as as in playing catch, turning double plays, uh, catch and throw for catchers, uh, PFP stuff for pitchers. Um, you know, it it it's going to do the exact same thing for them, and that's the same action that those players at other positions want to have as well. Um, obviously, in the outfield, uh, you know, catch and fly balls. It, if you're catching a routine fly ball, the action should be the same. And obviously, fielding fielding balls that are hit to the outfield, uh, coming up and throwing, it's going to help with that. But so it's it's turned into more of a defensive product and versus an infield product. So Jeremy, so let's say I'm a coach, you know, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, just another defensive tool. What separates this one from the rest? I know that you know you've done some data with some of the teams that have used your product. You know, can you can you expand on that a little bit? 
Yeah, absolutely. The you know some of the the people out there in the baseball world or in the softball world, they're they're real timid because there's not very many defensive products out there. There's a flat glove and and a couple other small things with the reaction ball, but you know some people are timid and and real skeptical and thinking it's a gimmick. But obviously, with the research we've done in 13 months, um, going back two seasons ago for some of the high schools and colleges, we, we've done 20 teams of research that, you know, those teams had four or more where their their infielders and, and some other position players are training with it on a, a weekly basis. Their defensive fielding percentage has gone up at least 28%. So, um, you know, that's equivalent to a 60-game schedule. That could be two to five games you, you win versus you lose, you lost. So, um you know, it, it, it's been a lot of fun just hearing some feedback from a lot of people, you know, understanding that this is a, a true training tool that is going to help create the right action in, in the closer's hand and wrist to be more consistent. Um, so it, it's been a lot of fun to hear the feedback and, and get the research and the facts and, and be able to promote that to people because, we all know that if you, you pitch and play defense in baseball and softball, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I can obviously, our team using that product as well. One thing I can say, I think a lot of people also think that it's only for your hands, but because of the position that it puts your wrist in and puts your hand in, and also I've seen it improve uh, footwork as well. You know, you're not going to fill the ball right in between your legs with the position that it puts your hand in and it gets you in a, a correct building position. And I've seen it improve people's feet as well. So I think holistically that speaks into the data as, as well. All of it goes together. Right. And it's, you know, the, the game is all about, you know, rhythm and timing depending on, you know, how fast the ball's hitting with the spin and speed. And, you know, the, the one little simple thing as far as putting your, your hand in a correct position you know, who would have thought that the human anatomy of your body, it creates, you know, a better body position and then which allows your, your brain and stuff to work to think to feel out front, you got to move your feet. So um, just one small thing with, with the hand posture and, you know, it's creating a lot more than what it was intended to do. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, Jeremy, you know, here at the farm system, you know, we really believe in your product and um, we really believe we've seen the results firsthand and we're just happy that you could join us today. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, guys, and, and look forward to doing some more stuff down the road. And, and um, you know, just remember, follow us at Lipke Pro and, you know, check us out at LipkePro.com. Fellas, that was Jeremy Lipke with Lipke Pro. Use the discount code THEFARM2018, all caps, for 10% off at LipkePro.com. On this episode, we sit down with Steve Springer, former performance coach and major league scout for the Toronto Blue Jays. Spring played over 14 years as a professional, compiling over 1,600 hits. He has over 30 years of professional baseball as a player, agent, scout, and coach. Pull up a seat, grab a notepad, here's Steve Springer. Fellas, just want to welcome you back to the farm system. We're here with the one and only Steve Springer. Spring, we're very thankful that you're able to hop on with us today and uh, talk a little bit about the game with us. I love it, man. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. You know, of course, uh, Joey and I were actually just talking a little a little while ago, and we're envious that you're able to get out and play some golf today because we're, we're currently sitting here looking out the window at a blizzard. <laughs> well, then it's really going to offend you that I tell you I golf every 20 hours. 
<laughs> every day. <laughs> Jealous, man. Well, hey, you know, uh, Spring, the reason that we wanted to bring you on to this podcast is, you know, we believe, you know, now in the game more than ever, um, there's all these, the game's moving towards data and analytics and all this, you know, all this extra information. I think now more than ever, players are getting lost in all of that and, you know, forgetting to compete. So that's why we wanted to bring you on. We think that you're more important now than you ever were. Well, I would agree with you, man. I believe analytics and sabermetrics, I believe that there's definitely a place for it in the game. I just don't believe it's in the one hole. You know, I, I believe that it always comes down to the mental side and, and how we compete and, and uh, you know, I mean, we're all going to compete, but are we competing with confidence is, is what I try to teach. I mean, you know, I'm going to compete because I'm in the game, but who's actually competing? Too many players let their mind get in the way of their ability instead of help their ability from what I've you know, found out over the last 35 years of playing and coaching and scouting. And uh, it's just amazing that, you know, that, you know, too many players let yesterday play today. And that's fine when you get your two knocks. But when I go 0 for 4 and 0 for 4 and I'm in that 1 for 20 funk, and now all of a sudden, you know, I got a new game, new pitcher, new hero, and most players are going to let that mentality play in the next game. And it's sort of been one of my little lines when I speak is, you know, I mean, if we could get every player to play, and I don't give a crap mode about me, because it's not about you, it's about you helping your team. And if we could get every player to play like it's opening day every day. I mean, college baseball just kicked off, you know, Friday night, uh, Division One, and, you know, everybody was 100% confident. And then because there's no yesterday yet. And then on game number two, depending on how they did, is going to be depend on how they feel in game number two. And I'm just a firm believer if you could play every single day like it's opening day and, and I don't give a crap mode about me and I'm here to help my team win the game and I'm 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts and I'm looking at that lineup in the ninth. I need two guys to get on so I can be the hero instead of, oh, crap, if two guys get on, I got to hit again <laughs> because now it's about my batting average and my stats. And I, I, I believe that stats are so evil. And if, if we could get great at playing – Every day like it's opening day, and I don't give a crap mode, I promise you you're going to get the right guy playing because every single player has two players in them. I did, you did, uh, anybody that plays does. You know, I got confident Steve Springer was a really good player, and I got non-confident Steve Springer who sucked. Well, that guy can't play anymore. And, and now we just got to figure out how do we get that guy not to play. And, you know, it just seems, you know, that CD that I made in 2001 is as hot now as it's ever been, and, and it's just been awesome, man. It's been so fun to, you know, talk to Major League All-Stars or the dad of a 10-year-old. I talk to him almost exactly the same way. Uh, and it's it's getting great at competing and being a better competitor than you are a player. You know, if your compete level ever goes below your ability level, now you're underachieving. You know, and, and if we could get the right guy playing, it doesn't mean you get three hits every game. It doesn't mean you win every game. If you get 25 guys playing like that, it means you get the right guys playing. And, and that's the key to baseball. For sure. Um, Spring, another reason we're excited to have you on is because you have roots here, playing your college ball right here in our backyard at the University of Utah, and also before that at Golden West College. Can you uh, tap into that experience a little bit, and how important do you think college is to a player's overall development? Well, I, I believe that every player should go to college. You know, I was in pro baseball for you know, a lot of years, and I, I, we'd sign guys for a million dollars, and they'd pop their first one for 20, and they'd walk around like somebody stole their dog in pout mode. And, you know, at that age of 18, man, you better hope that's immaturity and not makeup. Uh, and, and this is, I mean, this is, you know, one of the things when I when I speak all over the country, I'm going to Colorado tomorrow to speak, and, 
about 80 kids and it, it's 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 telling my story and everybody's got a story and then you know when i was when i was a freshman in high school i'm from huntington beach california and i was 411 90 pounds I, I made the team because my brother was the star of the team and i got three at bats and uh, my sophomore year i stayed on soft rush but i got to play a little bit through a couple inches and then my junior all my buddies are on varsity and i'm on jv and i got to play some more and i grew a couple more inches and you know when i was a senior i was 5 8 140 pounds and i had nobody ahead of me and i'm to show them I could play uh, first year on varsity and I had a sophomore take my job I didn't start my senior year in high school and you know where I'm from I got 50 colleges within 50 miles of me and I didn't get one phone call uh, my brother went to Golden West Junior College he was all state and I'm thinking the coach knows I'm coming there he, he didn't even have to call me uh, because he didn't and I went out for the summer team and I got cut you know which is baffling to me this day on how bad this coach thought I sucked. I mean, my brother's all state and I get cut. I get a job at Disneyland working on the canoes and about three days later, my brother came home with a uniform because three guys quit. So I was 19 years old, freshman in college and I got three at bats, uh, you know, and then I went, fortunately I grew four inches when I was 20. And I, I'm not saying I need to grow four inches, I need to get stronger. You know, it's the best thing about this game is you don't have to be six foot two, but you need to be strong. You need to have instincts, you need to, you know, uh, you know, be able to play the game. And, uh, but all of a sudden, I went from a second-string second baseman to an all-conference shortstop, and I had a full ride to UCLA. Uh, and it was the greatest five days of my life until I looked at my transcripts and <laughs> didn't get in. He's like, really, buddy? You took badminton? Uh, so, and don't get me wrong, I can play some badminton, you know. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't get in. And, you know, about a week later, one of my buddies was at Utah, and they got a brand-new coach. And, and he told the coach about me, and he said, if you get this guy in, buddy, then uh, you want him. And I, I think I took a correspondence course to get in. And uh, so any kids out there, get good grades, man. Let your ability dictate where you're going to go to school, not your, your grades. And, uh, you know, I ended up going to the University of Utah on a full ride as a shortstop, and I hurt my arm. The weather's a little bit different there than California. And I ended up uh, hurting my arm, and I, I DH'd the whole year. And was all whack DH, had a really good year. And, and this is the best thing about baseball, because whether you're in travel ball, high school, college, pro, you're evaluated every day. And we had 50 scouts in the stands one day to see Brigham Young and Rick Aguilera, Wally Joyner, Corey Schneider, and a couple of other big leaguers on their team. And I went five for five with the bomb, two doubles, and five RBIs and got drafted. <laughs> and, and it was the very first day I ever played the outfield in my life. And scout never heard of me, so I get drafted by the New York Mets as a an outfielder. and uh, but my years at my year at at Utah was probably one of the funnest years I ever had. I mean, we ended up making the WAC playoffs for the first time ever, and uh, I just met some great friends, and it, it was awesome. You know, uh, spring that would be a great story if it just ended there. But I mean, your your mental toughness begins because right then, because you get drafted in the twentieth round, you're the five hundredth pick, you're six foot on your tippy toes, you're 190 pounds after dinner. And, um, you know, what is it like, you know, battling through the minor leagues with all these top round guys, you know, and all these guys that are twice your size? Well, it was, you know, this is the best thing about baseball is you don't know who's going to show up when you have to play every day and get five at bats a day every day. And, and you know, you know, I, I, I went to Little Falls, New York as an outfielder. I hit like 246, with 11 home runs and did OK. Wasn't used to playing every single day. And. You know, that's another thing, man. You better be strong to play pro baseball if you, if you want to play pro baseball because, like I said, it's five at-bats a day every day. And 
uh, I ended up going, coming home. My brother got picked up by the Tigers, and we started lifting. And uh, I went to my first spring training, and you know, yeah, you're talking about a hundred and something guys, and you don't know too many of them, and and you're battling for positions. And I made the low A ball team as like the fifth outfielder. Uh, so for the first month of my pro real first season, I got about 30 at bats, and then our second baseman got traded. And I told the coach, I said, Coach, I'm an infielder. And he looked at me and said, thank God, because you suck in the outfield. I'm like, I know, I'm an infielder. And so he let me play second base one day, and everything's going pretty good. Eighth inning ground ball double play right between my legs, so that sucked. Then played it about a week. A week went by, and everything's going real good. Eighth inning ground ball double play right between my legs again, but I got four hits that day. And you want to play at any level, buddy, you got to hit. And I ended up playing every single day of the rest of the year, and I ended up leading the league in hits. And second league and hitting behind Vince Coleman, who could fly to 338. And so now I'm sort of a prospect and uh, went home, went to instructional league, went home, got bigger, stronger, faster, not taller, and went to my second spring training. And, you know, I sort of looked at it a little bit differently. And I'm working out with high eight ball. And I saw the farm director there, and I'm like, uh, he's like, spring, how's everything going? I'm like, you know what, everything's great. I don't mean to be an idiot, but I just let a league enable on his. I feel I should be in double A. And and he walked away. He didn't say a word. I'm like, wow, that went great. Uh, but it did go great because it made sense to him. The next day I was in double A. And my double A team, we had, you know, 18 guys playing the big leagues off that team. Uh, wow. You know, Billy Bean was on that team. He's my roommate. I was in his wedding. And, and you know, Lenny Dykstra was on that team, who was an absolute gamer. Uh, a little bit of trouble now, but he was a, game, he was a gamer at the time. Uh, we win it all. The next year, I go to AAA and uh, did okay, and I ended up spending 11 years in AAA. And, and I, I feel the reason I spent 11 years in AAA is because, you know, the, the mental side. And, and I, I, like Billy Bean's quote on my website is, Spring, if you knew this at 18, instead of learning at 30, people might know who you are. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I feel blessed to say I got two hits in each league, in the big leagues, but uh, I played in 1,591 minor league games and had 1,592 hits. So I was glad to see that. And uh, you know what? And now I'm just teaching what I learned, man. And, and, you know, about the last five, six years, I figured out that the batting average is the biggest trap in the game, man. And, you know, I hit three balls right on the screws right at somebody, and baseball says I suck. And, and now I think I failed, and all of a sudden the wrong Steve Springer was playing, and he's not very good. And this is my whole spiel when I when I go speak or when I'm talking to all-stars is, you know, your career starts when you say, I don't care what I hit. I can't have a goal where I can do everything right and go 0 for 4. I hit three balls right on the screws right at somebody. I beat the pitcher. The pitcher knows I beat him. The pitcher's mom knows I beat him. And my bad average goes down, and I think I failed. And it's the biggest trap in the game. This is why first-rounders can't get at A-ball and guys that don't get drafted spend 10 years in the big leagues. Uh, because it's about competing. It's about being a better competitor than you are a player in a game where you can do everything right. Baseball says you suck. Absolutely. Talking about a competitor spring, you touched on it. Playing 11 years of your professional career at AAA. Explain what that was like, and looking back on it, what do you think separates big leaguers from AAA guys? Well, there's probably a tick tick of ability, but it's mostly the mind and the mental side and, and, and getting the guys you know, to, to compete with confidence. And, you know, there, there's a very fine line. I mean, like I said, I, I feel I should spend five years in the big leagues given the opportunity. Sometimes it's opportunity. 
Sometimes it's just giving the right opportunity, and then, you know, when you get that first call up, don't go over 20, man. I mean, if you go up there and you get it done right away, and you just you, you create days that you get to spend up there, you know, by, by doing well early. And, uh, you know, if you can do that, then, you know, you're going to have a little better chance. And also, if you could figure it out at a younger age, you know. I mean, I was MVP in my AAA team my last four to six years, never got a call up in September because they're not looking for a 32-year-old guy to, you know, get a month in. They want that 23, 24-year-old to get that month in to give them a little experience for a career. And I think that's what got me at the end. But, dude, I, I didn't want to trade abilities with anybody. Man, I love my abilities, and, and I, I wanted every at-bat. I wanted the fifth at-bat. You know, heroes are made in the, in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Most guys don't even want the at-bat because they're basing their success on them and they're, if they're getting hits or not. And, you know, when you figure it out, like I said, it's not about you. It's about you helping your team and, and, and being over for four strikeouts and looking at that lineup, I need two guys to get on so I can be the hero instead of, oh, crap, two guys get on, I got to hit again. Uh, it's a totally different mindset. Yeah, spring. And then, you know, another thing that I just I think is incredible is, like, you spend all those years in the minors. You don't debut till you're 29. And then you get called up, and, you're, you know, your first ABs are against Chuck Finley, who's a freaking stud. You know, I'm just surprised you even found a ride to the stadium that day. I mean, that's the toughest way to get to the league, I feel like, you know? Well, it was, yeah, and it was my hometown against the Angels, and, and I remember it, man. Like, you know, I only had 17 at-bats, so I remember them all. And, you know, first pitch, I'm I'm sitting fastball, hitting eighth, and I get it, and I hit an absolute missile to right center. And Dave Winfield, I'm thinking double-digging myself, and Dave Winfield takes five giant steps and shoestrings me for a line-out, and I'm mad. My next at-bat, he throws me a 1-1 splitty. He breaks my bat. I hit a little flare over Johnny Ray's head. My knuckles are still in Cleveland today. And, and I'm happy, and I get a hit, and it makes no sense, you know. And and then we went to Seattle, and I got a, I got a start. I went one for four, and then I, you know, got a couple more starts uh, with the Indians, and uh, I think I was up there for about three weeks and went two for 12, and uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, when, when somebody's telling you your whole life that you're too small, you're only here because your brother, I mean, and now I'm, uh, nobody thought I was going to play in college, let alone pro, let alone get to the big leagues. I mean, I, I believe it's the baseball version of Rudy, man, and even better. And I mean, I, I wrote a book and uh, talking about it, and I got a movie script. And if anybody knows a movie producer out there, hit me up, man, <laughs> because I believe there's going to be a movie one day to inspire millions of kids that you're not too small. When you keep looking at your story, I mean, all the way through, it's just mental toughness and competing and competing. I mean, you you spend all those years in the minors, then you get called up, like you said, you get 12 ABs, and then you get sent right back down. I mean, how did you deal with that? How did you continue to press forward and still, you know, reach to make that, that level again? The funny thing is, is I saw Jeff Manto in the clubhouse in Cleveland, and I'm like, oh, great, they called you up. Well, they forgot to tell me I was going down. <laughs> so that sort of stuck. Uh you know, it, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, I was I was happy that I got there after all those years, and I always felt I was good enough to play there. If I didn't think I was good enough to play there, it would probably have been a little bit more disappointing. Uh, you know, I ended up, I end up, you know, I obviously I was with the Mets for six years and uh, four years in AAA. I got traded last month to the White Sox, and uh, I, I re-signed with them. I was MVP of the team in AAA. We won it all, no call-up. And then I signed with the Mariners and, and had a decent year. I, hit like, I figured out how to drive the ball. I figured out 
I think that's really the year where I figured out how to hunt hunt speeds and hunt pitches. And, you know, if you can't drive, don't swing. I mean, you know, it's really part two of my speech after I, you know, talk about the batting average and, uh, you know, how evil it is. Uh, it's about the approach. You know, I used to think that baseball was about the mind, the approach, and mechanics, all three important in that order. I've sort of changed it, I believe, because I don't care how confident you are or how good your mechanics are. If your approach sucks, you're going to lose your confidence, and your mechanics are going to break down. You know, and is it easier to hit one pitch when you know it's coming or three and you don't? I, I believe that too many hitters are trying to hit everything. They're not ready for anything. You know, if I told you here comes a fastball 100% and you can't put a good swing on it, then go play soccer. I mean, we got to be able to do that. But my production doubled when I started sitting on something I was going to get, not what I want to hit. And sometimes it was a breaking ball. You know, a breaking ball is a hittable pitch if it's a strike. And, you know, one of my analogies is how come we could all hit the breaking ball machine in the cage and it turns invisible during the game? Because we know it's coming in the cage. Well, you know, if I, if I already smoked this guy's fastball and I come up with runs on second and third, you know, off a little lefty with a 2-1 count, he's throwing 2-1 change-ups to my buddies earlier in the game and has success, I'm not going to see a middle-end fastball. So all of a sudden I'd start sitting on something I was going to get, not what I wanted to hit. You know, Clint Hurdle is one of my mentors. He was a teammate of mine, and he was my manager for two years, and he said it as good as you could say it. It's really, really hard at 94 and 79 at the same time. So, and in my opinion, why would I want to until I get two strikes? I'm in control in that batter's box until I get two strikes. It's like my blackjack analogy. You know, I told this to Mark Trumbo, who I talked to, you know, two, three days a week for the last eight years. It's like, you know, we've all played blackjack. It's too many hitters hit like they got 16 on them, oh, oh. Like you're going to bust, like you're going to strike out. We're just going to put it in play. I said, bro, we're splitting aces here. I don't have to swing, man. You can't drive it. Don't swing. And he said, that's freaking brilliant, man. <laughs> that's such that's a good really analogy. Good. Yeah, it's really good. I like that too. Um, Spring, I think it's common for uh, coaches and instructors to kind of focus and teach maybe what they lacked as a player. How does that apply to you? And what obstacles has have molded you into the instructor that you are today? Well, I, I didn't even know what I had when I made my CD. I, I was an agent for like seven years. Don't ask me why I did that, but... I was trying to make a little bit of money, and I felt that, you know, Jerry Maguire had nothing on me in the living room. So it was just like, you know, I wanted my players to get a mental game. And, and I had a guy named Tommy McCraw who was the, a mental hitting coach, roving guy with the Mets, sort of what I did with the Blue Jays for eight years. And every time he was around, I was a stud. And, but, you know, because I'm an idiot, I'd care for about three days. But as dumb as I was, I was smart enough to realize when that guy was around, I was good. So I went in his room in 1987, a long time ago, and brought a tape recorder up there, and he talked about me and what he thought I need to do to play in the big leagues, and, and it changed my life. I mean, we give ourselves too much credit to remember what we're taught. You know, I give you guys my whole spiel and come back in, you know, a month what I say, and you're going to get like 20% of it. And so I made this CD. Actually, I was, it was a tape at the time, and I, I was just talking into it. You know, you'd hear the car door opening. You know, fast forward right down the middle was, you know, right down the, you know what. And so I had to clean it up a little bit. And my brother listened to it, and he's like, dude, that is so good. Clean that up. And so I went to a recording studio, and I <laughs> made my first CD, excuse me, uh, Quality at Bats. And I gave one to George Horton at Fullerton and didn't even know if he would listen to it. And he did, and he had his whole team listen to it five hours before they played the number one team in the country, Miami in Miami. And they swept them and scored like 11. 
and he said, Spring, it changed the way we think, man. And so that's when I sort of knew I had something. And then I just started speaking all over and, uh, you know, changing what people think success is, man. And, and I don't mean to boast. I can tell you a zillion stories not to impress you but to impress upon you. Why can't this be you one day? You know, I mean, you know how many times Dustin Pedroia was told he's too small, you know, or Altuve, and, you know, the best player in the game last year and is the smallest player in the game. And it's the best thing about our games. You don't have to be six foot two. When I used to scout with the Diamondbacks, and I'd see a guy with a great body, six foot two, perfect, you know, physique. My antennas went up, man. I'm not going to get tricked by a body. You know, I'm looking for baseball players. I'm looking for a kid with instincts. I'm looking for a kid that has some plate, you know, recognition, looks comfortable in the box, and you know, and, and is a great competitor. And when you when you find that. You know, it's good. But it's like I said earlier, there's too many players let their mind get in the way of their ability instead of help their ability. You know, that, that sounds like, like psychologists. I can't spell psychology. You know, I know it starts with an S, bro. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was all the same thing, too. I was, I was that little guy. You know, I'm, I'm 5'9 on my tippy toes. So, you know, I think when you get to that level, you know, guys like Dustin Majoyer or Jose, Jose Atuve, I think when they get to that level, they have, um, they have that mental – you know, they've already been tested. They've never passed the eye test. They've always had to be better. You know, even if the guy had better, you know, the same exact stats they had, but the other guy passed the eye test, that guy was playing. So I think, you know, the dealing with adversity at that level, those guys almost would, uh, in my opinion, I think would pique my interest. Like if they've made it this far, you know, they must obviously know how to push through adversity pretty well. Well, I think that the key with, with both those guys is they're good defenders. You know, and if you're not a good defender, bro, you're not, you're not going to play at the highest level. You know, we always talk about hitting. We always talk about, you know, hitting bombs and stuff like that. But if you can't play defense, you are not going to get, you know, too many opportunities. You know, there's 15 DHs in the world getting paid. And and if you can't play defense, I mean, why is Kevin Pillar, you know, who, 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 you know, I don't know if you know his story, but this guy had a 54-game hitting streak as a junior in college and didn't get drafted, which yeah, is a crazy. joke. And, and we take him the next year with the Blue Jays in the 32nd round. Uh, gave him a thousand bucks, and he was the second guy in his draft to get to the big leagues because he kicked the door down. Man, he was one of the best competitors on the field every single day that he played. And he got my CD when he was in high school. He had me come speak to his college, told the college coach about me. So, I, so I've known him, and you know, it, it's just so right, man. And and you know, if you like your abilities and your abilities aren't showing up, it's not your abilities problem. It's what you're thinking, how you're feeling. And this is the biggest thing about stats. Stats make you feel. And I don't want to feel, man. I want to feel great every single day. And this is why when you play in I don't give a crap mode, you ever go into I don't give a crap mode, you start hitting. And then all of a sudden you start hitting, you start giving a crap again. It's a vicious cycle, you know. And all of a sudden you get that right guy playing like it's opening day and, and it's, you know, having fun and helping your team win. You know, my first 10 years that I played in pro baseball, every single team I was on was in the playoffs. And the last four no playoffs, it sucked. You know, you want to have fun, win. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's been awesome, man. I I I I, I love what I do. I, I next week I'm 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 going to be in the dugout, University of Oregon girls softball for six days. I mean, hitting and hitting. I talked to their program the last three out of four years, and uh, it's it's all about competing with confidence, man. Spring, most of the guys tuning in and listening, uh, they'll never get the opportunity to interact and really impact the career of MLB All-Stars. What has that experience been like for you, and what have you learned from those relationships that you've made? 
Well, it's been awesome. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you some names, man. I mean, I, I was at a Christian retreat with my wife, all major league baseball players, minor league baseball players, and their wives. And uh, I didn't know hardly anybody. And I, ten o'clock at night, in a little seven-man group, and I you had to introduce yourself. I said, my name's Steve Sperm, the mental coach of the Blue Jays. And I saw this twenty-year-old kid just smiling. <laughs> I said, you got my CD, mm-hmm. don't you, bud? He's like, I can't believe you're here, man. He said, I've had it for five years. He said, I can't wait till I tell my brother-in-law you're here. He's going to flip out. I said, who's your brother-in-law? He said, Ben Zobrist. You know, <laughs> Ben got my CD. Wow. He told me when he was 25 years old in double-A, beating himself up over the batting average. And he said he heard that, and non-confident Ben stopped playing. And two years later, he was a major league all-star. And it was awesome. And he's a better person than a player. So I'm really happy for him. I don't talk to him a lot, but. Just the fact that he told me that I had an impact on his career is just awesome. You know, A.J. Pollock's like my son. I mean, he got my CD when he was a sophomore in college. And, you know, there's, you know, he said, Spring, when I said, I don't care what I hit anymore, the freedom was just off the chart. You know, he went out to the Cape. He listened to it every day. And he was MVP of the Cape and ends up being a first-round pick and, you know, we we talked two, three times a week the last seven, eight years also, and uh, it, it's just been awesome. I mean, he turned Paul Goldspin on to me, you know. Goldie, who's an absolute top five player in the game, and uh, his first September in the big leagues, he eight, hits eight home runs, and so they gave him the job the next year. He earned it. They didn't give him anything, and, you know, he was hitting 180 with two home runs in April and about ready to get sent down. And Pollock's like, call this guy, man. He's a good guy. So I call Goldspin. I don't even know what he looks like. Never seen him swing the bat. And I tell him the same thing I tell the dad of a 10-year-old man. Get rid of your batting average. It's not, not about you. It's about you helping your team get the right Goldsmith playing, right? There's two things that are going to happen if you're not the best competitor on the field. One, you have zero chance of being the best player on the field. And two, you're cheating your teammates. And he didn't like that. And I said, well, good. Then don't do it, man. Get great. Stop trying to hit the fastball curveball side of change. Of, oh, oh, you're looking for everything. You're not ready for anything. Be the best competitor on the field. And your career starts today when you say, I don't care what I hit. And he starts a 17-game hitting streak with eight home runs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, wow. his quote on my website is, spring, you connect the dots for me and make it make sense. And I've never asked him to get three hits. promise you. I've asked him to be the best competitor on the field with an attainable goal to hit the ball hard and help his team win 100 times. And that's what these guys are great at, man. But you know what? As great as they are, there's something about going 0 for 4 where you lose your memory. You know, and all of a sudden you revert back to, you know, oh, what am I hitting? And, oh, oh. and then it's so easy to get the wrong guy playing again. Yeah, and then um, I know I also saw a quote on your website of Arenado. He know when he needs a fix, you know he you know that he's giving you a call. You know what are things when guys like that, Arenado, Trumbo, you know Murphy, these guys, if they're if they're texting you, you know what are the questions that they're asking? Even at the high level, they've been there for so long. They're great athletes, and they're still reaching out to a coach with questions. You know what are those questions? What do they look like? Well, it's like I just said. I mean, there's something about going over for you where you lose your memory. It's in our DNA. And, you know, I played uh, junior football with Nolan's dad when I was eight, you know, so I know when Nolan wants to talk, he'll shoot me a text and say, what's up, Spring? <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I remember a couple years ago, he calls me on September 1st, and, and he says, uh, I, said, what? I said, what's up, buddy? He's like, Spring, I've thrown away the last month, man. I'm like, why? I'm like, you're hitting 270 with 30 bombs and 95 rabies with a month to play? That's how good you are? You've thrown away a month? I said, opening day tonight, get the right Nolan plan. 
right? Give me 30 days of opening day mindset. Try to line out five times tonight, right? Puts you in a really aggressive mindset. You hit the ball hard, you win. If you get a hit, it's a bonus. But let's get the right goal and plan for 30 days. And he's like, deal. Dude, that night bomb. Next night, two bombs. Next night bomb. Next night, two bombs. On, it, it's eight home runs in 12 days. On the 13th day, he goes 0 for 4 and he shoots me a text. Why is it so hard to stay consistent? <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, you just hit eight bombs in 12 days. That pitcher's driving Mercedes too, bro. And, and he's just, but what drives him, you know, I mean, he, he, he's almost a perfectionist. And, and, and I, just, I, I think a perfectionist is just a bad word, man. You're never going to be perfect, man. Just be good. Good is good enough, man. Get the right guy playing every single day. You know, when you think you got to be perfect, bro, and, and you're not going to be, a little bit of that doubt or, or that little bit of that, you know, non-confident feeling shows up because you weren't perfect. And, and now I'm playing a game where I do everything right and baseball says I suck. It's, you see where the traps are? You know, that, that's where the mental traps are. And, and, you know, now you got the media all over them and, and the guy's going one for 20 and then he goes three for four and now he's four for 24. You know, he's not three for four, he's four for 24. They want to keep you in that little funk. And I just believe there's so much freedom when you say, I don't care what I hit. I'm, I'm saying your career doesn't even start until you say, I don't care what I hit. Right. Daniel Murphy, I mean, he got my CD. He told me when he was in college, he said he listened to it over 800 times. And, and Daniel Murphy is one of the best competitors in the world, not just in baseball. And, and that's where it's at, man, being a better competitor than you are a player. And, and then, then we're going to let the chips fall where they may. Because if, if this was all about physical tools, then every top five rounder should be 10-year big layer. And they're not. You know, and guys not drafted shouldn't be. But this is the whole thing. There's no exact science to this thing in baseball. And this is, this is why, you know, a Kevin Pillar or, or somebody that, you know, a 20th round pick, I mean, is, I didn't have the greatest big league career, but just to say after that story, I just told you that I actually played in the big leagues. It's freaking mind blowing. You know, Spring, I want to, I wanted to touch on this too, is, you know, I know big league guys, these guys that are sitting out there, maybe somebody that hears you for the first time and hears your message and starts twisting it. They're like, sure, Spring. Yeah, that all sounds good and gravy, but you know, my numbers are what get me paid. And, and I know I've, I've heard you quoted before of you saying, you know, I understand that's what makes you get paid, but I'm trying to get you in a mindset to get you to produce those numbers. Could you, could you like elaborate on that a little bit and, and talk about, you know, guys that have, you know, maybe interpret you the wrong way? It's all about getting the right guy playing and, and knowing and changing what you think success is, you know, to get the right guy playing. Trust me, I'm trying to help you get your numbers, but let's look at the numbers at the end of the year by getting the right guy playing. I mean, I've spoken to so many colleges across the country. I spoke to the University of Texas with Augie Garrido. I think it was 2012. I was in town in Austin. I know their coach, Tommy Nicholson. I never met Augie. And I, I called. I didn't know how they were doing. I said, hey, man, you want me to talk to your team? He's like, dude, we need you at the beginning of the year, man. If we go 6-0 and the last two weeks, we don't make our conference championship. And the top eight teams went. And he's like, Augie's not going to pay you. I said, I'll do it for free. And I go in there, and I could not have spoke better. And Augie, I'm about ready to leave. My buddy's like, okay, Augie wants to see you again. So I go back in there, and he's like, okay, buddy, we're going to pay you for that. I want you in here next, next year for three days. So I went in the next year for three days. The same exact team that just came in ninth place in the division was one game away from the national championship. And all they had was freshmen in the same team. 
because they got 25 confident players to show up every single day, and I don't give a crap mode about me in an opening day mindset. They got the right guys playing. Like, you know, all these college coaches, you recruit all these kids because you see them good, and then they don't play up to that capability because they're making it about them. They're making it about them getting hits, and it's just a trap. And I've seen, you know, I spoke to the University of Notre Dame girls softball team. The word batting average wasn't said the whole year, and they led the nation in hitting as a team. You know, because they got the right girls playing, and, and with the hit hit ball hard, you win mentality. You know, if you get a hit, it's a bonus. And you know, everybody that orders my CD, I send them a wristband that says "Compete with Confidence and Opening Day Every Day." You know, to remind you. You know, but you know, there's no truer statement in my CD, man. You want to have fun, get hits, and and I'm trying to help you get hits. You know, I'm saying if you don't line out one time a game, you're probably not that good a hitter. You know, you've never seen Joe Maurer beat up a trash can because he knows he can hit. It's the guy who goes, you know, uh, you know, every fourth game he lines out, he's like, I'm so unlucky. <laughs> I'm like, no, bro, you can't hit, man. Get great at lining out. Get great at hitting balls hard. That's what I tell these, you know, young guys. I'm like, when somebody asks you what you do for a living, you tell me hit balls hard for a living. If you get a hit, it's a bonus. And I just believe when you change what you think success is, trust me, your numbers are going to be there. And I know my career, when I – you look at my card, baseball card, I mean, I had damaged my last, you know, four, five, six years because I said I don't care what I hit. And I went from five to eight home runs a year with 40, 50 RBIs. Now I got 16, 17 home runs with 70, 80 RBIs, you know, because I was walking up to the plate with confidence. I, I didn't care about what I hit. I still hit between 260 and 290, but my production doubled, you know, and and this is where you want to be, man. If you get this at a young age, when, when Tony LaCava uh, – hired me with the Blue Jays. He said, Spring, you go to triple if you want to, go to double A once, get down there with the 17, 18-year-old kids and teach them how to compete with confidence when they're not getting hits. And he said, if you help one player, you're worth your money. And I said, Tony, if I don't help 100, fire me. Because I'm not teaching mechanics, man. I'm not teaching get your hands here, get your feet here. You know, this is about the mind. This is about the approach. It's about, uh, you know, like I've said a couple times today, it's about being a better competitor than you are a player. Spring, I mean, I had your, I had your CD from the, you know, On Deck Baseball Academy. You had coming down. I've, I've, I've heard you speak a couple times, and I've had, I've had your CD, and I used to play it over and over again. And I, we want to get that CD into the hands of players so that again they can get it sooner. Um, what are ways people can get in touch with you, or you know, your services, you know, your website? What are, what are ways that people can get in touch with you and, and get this information into their hands? Uh, qualityatbats.com, man. I, I got a special right now. You get my CD, my DVD, my parents' CD, my pitch and CD, my book for like 57 bucks. Uh, keep on code springtime. And that's the name of my book. And, you know, it's money back guarantee. I try to call everybody that orders it and thank them. And, uh, they can't believe I'm calling them. And I'm like, bro, you just gave me 60 bucks. I'll give you five minutes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Quality at Bats. Uh, it's a no-brainer to get on my newsletter through Facebook. And, uh, you know, I, Mark Brooks is my right-hand man. He got my CD in college. He went to Bethman Cookman for four years. And, you know, he heard his coach over say, a scout, you know, hey, he's your shortstop. And, and he overheard the coach say, well, He's got some tools, but no mental games. So he Googles mental side, comes up with me, gets my CD, and he said it changed his life. So he calls me up about eight years ago to thank me, and now he's my right-hand man and, and does my Facebook. And 
uh, Instagram, all that stuff. I do my Twitter. And, you know, it, it, our whole goal is to just try and help players and parents, man. Parents, parents need a little light that, man. Parents are whack jobs for the most part. I, I shot a <laughs> two-minute video on, on why kids quit at 13 years old because of the pressure that's put on them by the one who loves them the most, uh, us parents, and, and Johnny Testosterone coach yelling at my nine-year-old. And now the queen, and, and, and I shot a little two-minute video, and in, in three days it got viewed 3.4 million times. And that's how real that topic is. And, you know, we die for our kids, yet we throw little mental daggers at them when they're 10. You know, they go mm-hmm. three for four. What happened the last at bat? You know, it's like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, and then this is why kids quit. And now they quit at 13. They get this great body, and now they want to play again when they're 17. They lost four years of playing in development instincts. And so if I give any message to the parents, man, it's, it's, it's back off, man. Make it fun. Uh, you know, if your kid's playing with tension, anxiety, and pressure, instead of calmness, toughness, and focus, he is playing with the wrong player and get ready for him to underachieve. And, and it, you know, too many players play this game like they're in trouble, like it's a three-hour timeout. Nobody's in trouble, bro. It's a game. You know, it's one of my little jokes. You want to play with tension, anxiety, and pressure, go join the military. Because that's where that's at, man. We're, 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 we're playing baseball and, and, and make it fun, especially at the younger age. Me and Rich Amaral, one of my best friends, played nine years in the big leagues. The Mariners didn't get there until 29. Our kids are the same age. We're best friends. And we used to put little cue stickers on the back of their helmet if they had a quality at bat. And, dude, there's no crying anymore. It was all about getting the sticker. And we were so lean. I mean, we had the biggest spaz in the league on our team. And if he fouled the ball off, we made him feel like he was Mike Trout. And his parents loved this because nobody's ever built their son up in sports. He couldn't. He was too big a spaz, but we did. And I think that if we could really break down that, you know, you're talking little league and travel ball. If they play in high school, it's great. If they play in, in college, it's even better. And you're, if you're lucky enough to get a big leaguer out of your group, that's awesome. But they're all going to grow up to be men. And, and baseball's got the greatest life lessons if they play it long enough to, you know, learn how to compete, learn how to be a, a teammate, learn how to have success, and it, it transfers into life. Frank, we want to make sure, again, that, you know, I believe in your message so much. So many people believe in your message so much. You know, one thing that me and Bo are going to do is we have an extra one of your DVDs, and, you know, we do a giveaway weekly. Um, we do a giveaway weekly for anybody you know, that retweets our episode or anything like that. And we, we kind of put you in. So we had an extra one of your DVDs. So that's one of the things we're going to do is we want to get your stuff into people's hands. We want them to talk to their friends. We want them to, you know, get your message out. Cause I feel like it's so powerful, but you know, we, we're taking that step because we believe in you so much. I love it, buddy. I, I, I appreciate you guys, man. And, and spreading the word, you know, I, and I don't mean to sound boastful, but it is right, man. It is right. And, and that's the thing, man. If it wasn't right, it wouldn't be, flying out the door and and I'm just trying to help kids not underachieve man too many players with their mind getting away they're building not only in baseball but in life and you know I, we'll get kids that get released from the Blue Jays and I'm like dude you tell everybody you know you just played pro baseball when you got for that job interview because mm-hmm. one if they have a softball team you get the job near the shortstop but people like baseball mm-hmm. players man you know in, in that team atmosphere and if it, like I said I mean it's you know, I'm so blessed to be doing what I do, and it's been awesome. I, I don't have a job. I mean, my wife is baffled how I could talk to the dad of a 10-year-old after 20 years, uh, the same exact enthusiasm, you know, just trying to help kids, you know, have success. 
Absolutely. Well, a uh, spring, you know, just wrapping up. We 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 appreciate so much you giving us some of your time. Uh, we appreciate you jumping off here after you're you know you're just crushing crushing golf every single every single day. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you so, thank you so much for for jumping on and 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 helping us reach out and, and spread that impact in your message. Hey, I love it, buddy. Thank you guys very much, man. God bless you. All right, see you Thanks, later, Steve. Steve. Man, spring's message is just so powerful. This call takeaway is sponsored by Quality at Bats. Make sure to visit qualityatbats.com to further develop your mental approach to hitting. So, Bo, what was your call takeaway? Well, Joey, spring touched on a lot of great points and perspectives. Biggest thing I took away can be applied to all players at all levels, and that's to forget about your batting average and really start worrying about how you can help the team win, and that's to compete day in and day out. A player will never really be the best they can be without being the best competitor they can be. There was a lot of great information in Steve's message, Joey. What was your biggest takeaway? I think the biggest thing, Bo, is that in today's game, everybody wants to talk about data. Everybody wants to talk about analytics. You know, and as Spring said, of course, you know, there's a place in the game for those things. But the biggest thing is, you know, we want to really develop, especially as players and coaches, we want to be the baseball player, not the prospect player. Prospect players just care about their performance, about them. And we want baseball players, people that, you know, that want to compete, that are trying to find ways to win. You know, no one remembers the three K's when you hit the walk-off jack. It's about competing and finding a way to win constantly over and over again and getting yourself back in that mindset. Absolutely, Joey. And, and I really think those two takeaways are really what allow those big leaguers to excel year in and year out because mental toughness definitely helps overcome those, those adversity and hard times. Guys, I want you guys to understand that with social media, this is so big, you know, it's so big for you guys to share with your friends. A lot of people, you know, they don't even know what a, what a podcast is. They don't even know that there's coaching resources out there. You know, this is something that, that we just want to get in the hands of everybody. We want everybody to be better. We want to share information. We want to grow the game. And social media is a great way to do that. Share this episode with anyone you think that could add value to them. You know, reach out to us on social media. What do you want to hear? You know, I know I've, we've already had a number of people reaching out on direct messages and reaching out through us through email. So definitely reach out there, guys. Also visit our website, thesystem.farm. We're going to have a whole bunch of resources on there. Quality at bats is be on there. Resources, the ABCA. There's so many things on there for you guys to get in touch. You were to be putting on practice plans, get on our newsletter, sign up for all those things, guys. It's all great for you. All information for you is going to make all of us better, and we're going to grow the game. Well, until next time, Farm System out. Ah.